Welcome to Propagate, where we grow in community by multiplying healthy groups through the ministry of the Word. This is a podcast by growth group leaders for growth group leaders. Thanks for joining us today. Here are your hosts. Hello, growth group leaders, and welcome to another episode of Propagate. I'm your host, Josh Smith. This is Zach Dietrich here. And today's episode is going to be different than others in that it is very closely related to a particular season, a particular sermon, and a particular time within Soteria Church. So what's been going on at Soteria Church recently? So We are wrapping up our missions month, and every October we uh, spend more time. It's not to say we don't do it throughout the rest of the year, but we spend more time uh, thinking about, talking about, uh, praying for our missionaries. So we've had four missionaries come in this month let's see if we can name them zach we have the grings okay you're going out of order here i am going out of order messing you uh the grings to the democratic republic of congo and we're uh rejoicing and being able to give them technology to share god's word Uh, we've had the frericks come out yes to peru and i always love hearing from steve and his ministry and also the laveras yes uh so terry's very own um, Frank and Hope, we're uh, delighted to be able to send them to Poland. And we are having uh, Aaron Hyatt. Oh, yeah. Yes. So That's why I didn't remember. She's not here yet. Yeah. So Aaron Hyatt's coming this with, Sunday. With Teach Beyond and also a um, one of our very own. So thankful for their ministries. Yeah. So um, here in Missions Month at Soteria, we've also been going through a sermon series on the book of John. And uh, uh, this sermon series has been really great. It's been the inspiration behind our Third Thursday Theologies, going through the doctrine of pneumatology, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, that is. And there's also just been a lot of things going on in the world recently, particularly in in the Middle East. And so what we're going to try to do this week for our sermon study is actually uh, weave those things together. And I'm probably going to try to not call them sermon study because we're going to uh, actually break from that, and we're going to spend time praying this week. So how what we're trying to do is weave together Missions Month and our John series and even what's happening in the world right now, particularly with uh, Hamas and Israel. So in your growth group this week, what we're going to be doing is there's not going to be a normal sermon study, but instead you'll spend time reading scripture together, and praying together, sharing your testimony, uh, and primarily focusing on the spread of the gospel across the world and in your own communities. And we're just going to walk through the prayer guide that uh, we have put together for growth group leaders this week. And well, it just gives you a little bit of coaching on what it could feel like, what it, uh, what you can do. We can talk about specifics and as we talk about that for this week, then you can apply principles to other weeks as well. And uh, if you don't have a copy of the the prayer guide that we're walking through nearby, just know these are available in the show notes, and you'll be able to have that there ready to go wherever you're we listening to this notes? podcast. We do have show notes, wow. and you can find them on any podcast app, I don't know basically. It's really cool or it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, you've had show notes. This is the second time your, your study, Zach, has been published for the world to see i can go tell my mom yes she'll probably wave at you in the audience while you stand up there looking funny at the christmas concert 
for the kids. Let's keep it moving. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, this week, uh, the win is this. Simply read scripture and pray together. And really every week those are big wins, uh, especially if we can see people within our group who haven't prayed before take small steps and and praying. So when we're, I'm calling you to read scripture this week, and the scripture I want you to begin with is John 17. And if you don't know that, John 17 is Christ's high priestly prayer for us. And I hope you'll see immediately the connection to Missions Month and to prayer for missions. You don't need to, to pause and discuss. You don't need to exegete it. Just practice the practice of reading Scripture together and bathe your souls within the Word of God. It might be helpful for you, though, if you think in advance, uh, to maybe ask somebody to do that and give them a heads up, because uh, when we read Scripture, we want to do it well. And yes, many times for studies, we just ask for volunteers on the spot, but for a longer section, it, it can be helpful for us to plan that in advance. So you might know of one or two or three readers within your groups, and you could call them up and say, this week we just want to hear the word. Would you be willing to read this for us? And if you do that, would you practice it for us? So just an idea for you. Yeah, and this is a great opportunity for you as a growth group leader to do some delegation in advance, um, share the load, Samwise, and and get out there, get people involved in in group by leading through different aspects of it. This is a great week to delegate the majority of of the time together and have make it full of participation rather than just delegating to one person to lead the sermon study this week. You can delegate different aspects of the prayer guide to to other people, and that's a great way to exercise leadership within your group and equip people to participate in the group itself. One of the things I encourage groups to do on a regular basis, and perhaps for the last 10 to 12 years, every quarter I've asked someone to share his or her testimony, to share their story of how they came to know Christ. Why, why do you do that, Zach? Yeah, I, I think uh, hearing testimonies on a regular basis from people within our group is just a great source of encouragement. Sometimes people are discouraged with evangelism, and they think, is it really powerful? Can people truly get saved uh, as they've been praying for a family member or a friend for months or years? And when we hear our testimonies, when we hear other people, it encourages us in evangelism and that, yes, God is saving souls. It reminds us of the powers of the gospel. And honestly, it's actually just an act of evangelism. It helps us learn to share the gospel. So by sharing our testimonies within our groups, we're sharing the gospel to people in our groups, and we're uh, also um, prepping ourselves for evangelism. Yeah, so... We would be naive as Christians to think that every single person within our group is saved. Um, for example, I uh, grew up going to church and everybody thought I was a Christian for most of my life when in reality I wasn't actually saved until I was 16. We've recently had baptisms at the church where people said they— um, they didn't actually become Christians until later in life and they didn't truly understand the truths of the gospel until later on. So we actually had someone who was a church member recently become baptized and be re-voted on to join the church because they uh, were convinced of the fact they hadn't truly been saved um, yeah. for years. And they were um, living a, uh, I don't want to say a, a lie, but they were deceived in thinking they truly were Christians. 
So this is something that uh, we need to do in our groups as well. The power of the gospel is effective, and there could be people within our groups who don't truly understand it or they're putting on a facade. It doesn't mean you need to try to look under every single rock to see whether or not people in your group are actually saved, but the power of the gospel will work if the people are truly deceiving themselves yeah. and so, others. So this week, we're just after we read scripture, we're going to have somebody share their testimony. And I would recommend that, again, you choose someone in advance and ask them. And don't just say, hey, would anybody like to share your testimony tonight? Go. Now, it would be great if people can do that. But uh, the Apostle Paul uh, seems like when he shared his uh, conversion stories in the book of Acts, in Acts 9, Acts 16, Acts 22, uh, he pre- prepped it uh, for his audience, and so it's good to give people a chance to share. Um, when I encourage people to share the testimonies, I I want to share, I want them to share it in such a way that an unbeliever would understand who Jesus is and what it means to be saved. I might not even use the word testimony because uh, it's very churchy, although I think it's historic word as well. Uh, but share your story in such a way that an unbeliever would know more about Jesus. Yeah, that's really important because we have a lot of Christian jargon that can kind of get confusing sometimes. And uh, the average person is not going to understand what propitiation or substitutionary atonement oh, I'd be means. happy if they use words like that. Um, I, well, just, I was just wanting them <laughs> to get rid of like... Uh, um, I asked like Jesus, Jesus in my, my heart. heart. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, no, but you're right. I would even say try to dial back the theological language, or if you do use it, explain it rather than simply assume people understand what that means. Yeah. Um, but also give them a time limit because we want to spend most of our night in prayer. This is a way of sharing the testimony as a way of encouraging one another, sharing the gospel, and focusing in on why we are praying for missions. It is because the power of the gospel is effective, and we want to show that through testimony, but then uh, use that as a way of getting into the prayer, into prayer more um, intentionally and more informed. That's good. Well, I want our groups to spend just a little bit of time praying for what's happening in the world right now. So go ahead and read Psalm 122 together, which calls us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Again, you don't have to discuss it. Simply pray for it. Another thing to pray for that we will be going through is the persecuted church. We read uh, in John 15, and we just heard this preached recently, is that we should, as Christians, expect persecution. And we have been blessed in America to not have a lot of persecution for our faith. It's not saying that never will happen or that it's impossible for it to happen in America, but it is something that is happening across the world. And we are called to to pray for those people. So let's spend time praying for for the persecuted church across the world, particularly in I think countries like China and India, other other countries, but the church is being persecuted actively in these places, and we need to pray for them. So, if if I'm leading a group, and so if I'm leading a prayer time for the persecuted church, here just maybe some things that I would want to do and not do. First of all, uh, I think there's a temptation for us to over sensationalize or make things super sentimental. Um, and that's not maybe the right response to that. So if you just study the persecuted church, then it's not like to, to sensationalize it, um, it may not 
be helpful because we overlook theological issues that are happening um, in China and India. Can you give me an example of what that sensationalizing, sentimentalizing oh, no, looks the, like? Uh, like, wow, they're superhero Christians because, and, and we just assume that Christians everywhere are hiding in gutters and then like, their their life is uh, on threat all the time. That's this misrepresentation of history, and sometimes the misrepresentation representation of the the persecuted church, and it might make us overlook what we're facing within our own life and we think, well, I'm not really being persecuted because I don't have scars to show for it. No, like there are different types of persecution. Uh, so we, we don't, we just be careful in over sensationalizing that. Uh, I would say if I was leading a group, I might do a little bit of research. Uh, there are some churches that dedicate one day a year to praying for the persecuted church. And so they pr- provide resources. I'm guessing if you Googled, prayer for the persecuted church, you could come up with some statistics pretty quickly uh, that would help you uh, think through that. And perhaps that would be a way to prime the pump. I wouldn't spend long on it and just right. uh, do a little research and then prime the pump in that way. And then maybe some, when you think about the things that you could pray for, uh, I've got a couple of listed in the guide, but you could think through praying for perseverance, praying for boldness, and then it's not wrong to pry, pray for uh, basic needs for protection and safety. Yeah, safety pr- provisions as well. Uh, those are all great things to pray for for the church that is being perse- persecuted across the world. Yeah. Not something we probably think about much in in our groups. So I wanted to call our groups to spend just a moment on that. And the rest of the the prayer guide is is very uh, straightforward. Where it is missions month here at Soteria. And um, Jesus has sent us out into the world. We read in John seventeen eighteen, uh, Jesus is praying to, to the to the Father on behalf of his his disciples and all who would follow him after them. And he said, "As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world." So not only has God placed us here in Des Moines to minister to the Des Moines area, and he's sent us into our communities to reach people, but he is also sending people across the world, and we need to pray for them. So we're going to just pray yeah. for our um, missionaries here at Soteria. We've separated them into those who came and presented their mis- their uh, missions ministry during Missions Month, and also the rest of the missionaries we support here at the church. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know that many of you pray for missionaries throughout the year, but we just want to make this a special night of Missions Month. Yes, and pray for pray for each of them individually. Finally, we get to the last section, and that's one more disciple. We've been hitting on this quite a bit, and missions doesn't start abroad. It starts locally. And if we want to be a church focused on missions, we have to be a church that is on mission. And... Um, one of the ways we do that is through the One More Disciple initiative. Have your group members come ready to pray for one person they would like to see come to Christ and pray for them, pray for these people that they will come to know Christ and also pray for boldness in sharing the gospel with them, intentionality in creating opportunities and relationships that can sustain uh, gospel proclamation. And that's how we're going to close out the prayer study is through one more disciple. So what we're going to do now, now that we've walked through the study, is we're just going to give you a couple of notes on leading prayer within your group, and and then um, we're, we're going to close out. So Zach, 
how should group leaders go about leading through this this prayer study? We've talked about it throughout, but let's make it very plain now. We've all had situations where prayer is awkward. In fact, if you ask people, what's the best part of your groups? I often hear prayer. And if I say, what's the weirdest part of your group? People say prayer. Uh, so we want to do things that make it a little less awkward. Don't call on someone that you don't know is willing to pray. Uh, uh, we want to rejoice in little steps that people make, but uh, sometimes we we have lost people from groups because they were not ready, and a growth group leader said, "Hey, uh, uh, Joe, why don't you go ahead and close us in prayer tonight?" And that they may not come back. So only do that with people. Uh, invite people to pray, though. A great way to to do that is regarding particular big sections of prayer, whether that's praying for Israel uh, or praying for the persecuted church. Try to delegate those in advance to people you know are uh, going to be. Try to delegate those in advance to people you know are going to be willing and uh, eager to to pray during group. But then as you go through the the rest of it, simply like when you're going through the the missionaries at Soteria, let's just do it popcorn style and everybody can just go ahead and pray for a particular missionary down the list uh doesn't mean everyone will pray but it means everyone will be prayed for and uh, that is probably the easiest way to to do that um with this particular prayer guide so tonight make it a goal to pray longer than you normally would and that will stretch your people and it will grow some muscles for your group but also recognize just little steps of growth Uh, i think we have uh, growth groups and tracking growth can be so tricky, but I always want to rejoice when somebody steps up and, and they pray for the first time. So one thing you can do as a leader to encourage that is just thank people without being awkward. If you want another practical note of something you could do, you could see if, like as a group, you want to personally reach out to one of the missionaries and learn more about their ministry. Um, our website, uh, you can go ahead and click on on each one of our missionaries and and learn where you can contact them. So thanks for joining us again on Propagate, where we grow in community by multiplying healthy groups through the ministry of the word. And prayer. And prayer. (laughs) We will uh, talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us today on Propagate, where we grow in community by multiplying healthy groups through the ministry of the word. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening. Propagate is a ministry of Soteria Church in West Des Moines, Iowa. To learn more, visit SoteriaDSM.com today.